This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Forget the frustration of picking commerce platforms when you switch your business to Shopify, the global commerce platform that supercharges your selling wherever you sell. With Shopify, you'll harness the same intuitive features, trusted apps, and powerful analytics used by the world's leading brands. Sign up today for your $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash tech, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash tech. I wanted to start this week off with some good news, so that's what we're going to do. We have a few stories that are designed to actually show a sign of hope that things might actually be improving. Remember, not everything in the state of the church is bad news, and to act as if the sky is falling is not terribly Catholic. As our Lord said, do not be afraid. So let's actually kick off the week in a positive way and look at some good news. Got some good stories to go over, so let's get to it. But let's take a moment to thank my patrons for their support. This channel is kept going by the support of regular viewers like you. If you want to support the work of this channel, you can do so by following the link in the description of this video to Subscribestar or Patreon and helping out for as little as $1 each month. For that, you get access to supporter-only live streams, early access to special videos, and other perks that are in the works. In addition, you can help out this channel through traditional mail, and everyone can help out by sharing videos with others that you think are important. Thank you, and on to the news. First, we have a humorous story from the bowels of the internet, also known as Twitter. Late last week on Twitter, the otherwise useless U.S. Conference of Catholic Bishops asked the Catholic Twitter world what we thought it would take to restore belief in the real presence in the Eucharist. I'd show you a picture of that tweet, but of course they deleted it because the responses are pure gold. The lady gave them an earful, or maybe an eyeful in the case of Twitter, with the responses being, like I said, pure gold. Hundreds of tweets sent by people demanding lists of changes that would amount to restoration of traditional practices. It made me smile, it really did. They included an end to the abominable and demonic practice of, of communion in the hand, girl altar boys, politics promoted by the bishops as a false gospel, reinstitution of ad orientum worship, making the traditional Latin mass universally available, priests wearing cassocks, even a call to interdict the Jesuits. It was pretty cool to watch. In short, the laity, at least online, have had enough of the modernism and false gospel of politics being promoted by the USCCB and other bishops' conferences. In Twitter terms, they got ratioed, because what they were almost certainly looking for was a response from the laity that would be a sign that the current revolution in the church had been accepted, and what they got instead was a sign that the revolution is falling apart in the most important place in the church, in the hearts and in the minds of the faithful, and that is very, very good news indeed. But as you can imagine, from that response, they did the brain-dead thing. They actually went onto Twitter and re-asked the same question, hoping to get a better response that fit their sensibilities. Uh, it didn't exactly go well for them. They got ratioed again and called out by people who are frankly done with the American bishop's rejection of tradition, which is one of the legs the faith stands on. And this is why I call them the otherwise useless U.S. Conference of Catholic Bishops. They, like any other materialistic political organization today, does not want to hear any ideas that contradict their political program. 
It's why they, in the midst of a faith crisis that shows that the majority of Catholics are at least material, if not formal, heretics on the issue of the real presence, they choose to tweet out accusations against political figures of racism and calls to disarm the American population. It would be mind-blowingly stupid as a response from them if it were the first time they did something like this, but it's not the first time they did anything like that, so it's not surprising in the slightest. It is business, as usual, from the bishops. Just for now, at least, the laity have had enough, or at least the online laity have. But that is some good news. But not all the bishops are bad or brain-dead on why people reject the real presence. Some understand that when the Mass is presented as a meal and not as a sacrifice, or when the Mass is celebrated irreverently, that the belief in the real presence fades, which is at least one of the reasons that one American bishop has called for a return to ad orientum worship in, in his diocese. If you don't know what that means, that means that the bishop is calling for Masses to be said with he and his parishioners all facing the same direction. In the parlance of those who hate tradition, the priest will have his back to the people. And that's also good news. If the priest takes his suggestion to heart because it means an end or at least a reduction in man-centered worship in his diocese. The bishop in question is Bishop Wall of Gallup, New Mexico. And he had this to say of returning to this form of traditional worship. Quote, Ad Orientum worship is a very powerful reminder of what we are about at Mass, meeting Christ who comes to meet us. Practically speaking, this means that things will look a bit different, for at such Masses the priest faces the same direction as the assembly when he is at the altar. More specifically, when addressing God, such as during the orations and Eucharistic prayer, he faces the same direction as the people, that is, towards God, ad Deum. He does so literally, to use a phrase dear to St. Augustine, by turning toward the Lord present in the Blessed Sacrament. In contrast, when addressing the people, he turns to face them, versus populum. Prayer and worship toward the East, ad orientum oriented prayer, is, first and foremost, a simple expression of looking to Christ as the meeting place between God and man. He said those things, citing then-Cardinal Joseph Ratzinger in his work, The Spirit of the Liturgy. But he continues... It expresses the basic Christological form of our prayer. Praying toward the East means going to meet the coming Christ. End quote. Now, of course, I'm, some, I'm sure some will object and think that he is embracing some evil form of clericalism that undermines the unity and democratic equality in the faith or some such nonsense that isn't even Catholic. But this is a good sign from a bishop that is otherwise not widely known. I mean, if this was from Archbishop Sample up in Portland, it wouldn't be news, really, because he has a reputation of, of embracing liturgical tradition in some regards. The LifeSite article that reports on this story provides some needed definition, so, quoting LifeSite News, quote, Ad Orientum, or Toward the East, refers to oriented prayer, or toward God, ad dam, versus populum means towards the people. Ad Orientum worship had been the common orientation for the Mass for more than 1,500 years, until Vatican II in the 1960s, when priests began to take it upon themselves to turn around to face the congregation. At a 2016 liturgy conference in London, Cardinal Robert Serra, Prefect of the Congregation for Divine Worship and the Discipline of the Sacraments, asked all priests and bishops to readopt the ad orientum posture at Mass and encourage Catholics to receive communion kneeling. End quote. This recommendation was, as you might imagine, ignored and even repudiated by the rest of Rome, but that's because Rome was probably too busy to meeting to discuss the Amazonian Cosmovision to take liturgical reverence all that seriously. Finally, we have a story out of Poland, 
where the Bishop's Conference there and the Church broadly are standing up against the acronym activists who have been pushing their wicked agenda in Poland. The Church in Poland has near universally objected to this activism and the pushing of deviant lifestyles on the public and on young people, with fearless resistance to this evil movement that has gained global support, especially from the American government, I'm sad to have to report. But the church in that country, at least, is doing the right thing by resisting these first deadly sin marches and the promotion of the acronym agenda in their country. The response in Poland to the resistance has shown the lie that is the claim that love is love, that all that the activists want is peace and equality. Vandalism of church properties have, as a result, skyrocketed, and there have been numerous reports of priests being assaulted by so-called peaceful activists. And in general, acts of violence against the church have been well documented, and the reason is simple. Once you resist the acronym agenda publicly, their mask slips. If the activists wore the mask of public deceit at all, given that the kind of depravity we see on full display at first deadly sin marches in the U.S. and beyond. One priest decided to speak in support of the acronym agenda and was sum summarily sent by his order superiors to live in silence and penance in a retreat house away from civilization for a period, while another priest who upheld Orthodox Catholicism in harsh terms was defended by the bishops. I mean, can you imagine that even happening in the United States or Canada or, or in most of the West? Just imagine Pastor Jimmy Martin of the Jesuit Church being sent to reflect on his errors in silence in a retreat house, far from civilization for the heresies he peddles, and a Father Kalchik-type priest being defended by his ordinary. Instead, the reverse happens in America because the USCCB permits all manner of wicked action and activism by priests in the name of the seamless garment, a position that was promoted and defended by a suspected Satanist in Cardinal Bernadine. But Poland is a source for hope for the Church and the West broadly, and that is also very, very good news. So what do you think of these stories? Was this all good news? I think presenting positive stories from time to time is essential to prevent us from all spiraling into this despair of thinking that the whole hierarchy is against the faithful, when the situation is much more complicated than that. Even in this diabolic disorientation that we're all suffering under right now, there are signs of hope of renewal, and that is itself very good news indeed. Thanks for listening. I'm Anthony Stein. Ave Maria.